0: Greetings. We want to welcome you to the first ever episode of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd, and I'm joined by my partners, Casey Siddons. Hello. And Peter Crable. Hey, Robbie. All right, fellas. Ed's Not Dead will be our take on the hottest issues of the day affecting education. We think we bring a unique perspective to all things Ed because of our individual backgrounds and because once upon a time, we worked closely together in the field. Those were the good old days, right, guys?
1: Yeah, sure were. were. good times. A couple right. years there. All yep. Right.
0: We rarely agree or see things the same way on Ed Issues, but we share a profound commitment to improving education. We also love to jones on each other. That's a critical part of our relationship. <laughs> very true, very our, true. Our relationship. That's why we're here, let's yep. be honest. Casey and Crabs especially like to make fun of me because I will be the lone Gen Xer in our group, and I'll let you, the audience, decide which generation you think these other two guys belong to. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. <laughs> A little bit about our backgrounds. All three of us have taught in public school over the last 20 years. We met a few years back when I was a principal, and these two guys were becoming hotshot young teachers.
2: We made you what you are.
0: No, I made you what (laughs) you became. Since then, we've gone our separate ways in the field, but yes, we have stayed connected through our respect for one another's opinions, endless group texts, and our friendship. Uh, Guys, anything you'd like to add about our backgrounds?
1: No, I think that pretty much covered it. You did a great job. Yeah. You didn't t- very you succinct. W- Do you yeah. want to talk about what a great principal I was? Oh, you were such a good principal. Yeah, Robbie was an excellent principal who yeah. really uh, set us on our path to, right. to podcasting, I he, believe. He won awards and everything. Yeah,
0: that's no, true. It was really true. good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, As long as you remember to kiss the ring. <laughs> 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 okay, our goal for Ed's Not Dead is to examine important Ed issues from a variety of perspectives. And it won't only be our perspectives. We will regularly welcome guests and do interviews with leaders in the field. I know Mr. Siddons is going to be key in getting guests for us, right?
2: Shameless promotion.
0: All right. We also want feedback from you on our show and welcome your takes and ideas via our Twitter feed at Ed's Not Dead PC. You can also tweet me at RW Dodd and Casey
2: at CH Siddons.
0: Did you copy, like, the initials and the last name the way I did it? Is that
2: I just, yeah. I
1: look up to you for everything, okay. so obviously.
0: And Craves, what's your Twitter handle? Uh,
1: I just found out I had one, <laughs> actually. So, uh, yeah, but I guess it's at Peter Crable. All one word, no initials. That's right.
0: Do you want to plug your band at the same time?
1: Uh, we can do that in a later okay. episode, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Sounds good.
0: Uh, We want to know your thoughts and opinion on the show, and Casey will be happy to get into a Twitter war with anyone who doesn't agree with
2: him. I will not get into a Twitter war. We will have a a respectful conversation. Okay.
0: All right, guys, are we ready to jump into today's show? Any other background that that Mr. Dodd needs to provide? No. Nope. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. It's summertime, and for principals, that means staffing, and for teachers, it's time to maybe switch schools, take on a new challenge and a new position or find that all-important first teaching position. That was me 24 years ago. Today, we're going to discuss how to hire the best teachers, which we know is an inexact science, but crucial to school improvement and helping kids. Also, we're going to dive into Rahm Emanuel. I think Sean Hannity refers to him as Dead Fish (laughs) Rahm. I think it's his
1: masculine handshake that really (laughs) seals the deal for uh, Mr. Emanuel. (laughs) Oh,
2: the fish. I didn't know that he did that.
0: (laughs) Didn't he send a dead fish to someone when some... politically? dead? That's (laughs) uncomfortable. Didn't agree with him? Um, He has a controversial Ed mandate, fellas, in Chicago that requires students to have a college acceptance, apprenticeship, job, military attestation, or gap plan in order to graduate. So we definitely need to talk about that in this episode. We're also going to kick off our first installment of a regular segment called...
2: Dear Betsy.
0: All right, Betsy DeVos, we, it, it'll be our take on Education Secretary Betsy DeVos's latest move to improve, or some might say... Disprove. <laughs> Disprove. Undermine. improve, oh, oh, That's destroy. Yeah, right. that's, oh, okay. Another okay. word, yeah. Public <laughs> education. Today on Dear Betsy, we're going to discuss the Ed Department's latest move to suspend regulations that protect students who borrow to attend college. I have that
2: link ready to go.
0: Yeah, that is, that is so nice to those college kids to- <laughs> Not allow them to get back (laughs) their money from people that engage in fraud. Poor
1: poor decisions. What's
2: the big deal? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal.
0: All right, but first it's summer. So let's kick off the show by talking about what it takes to recruit and hire well-prepared teachers. And my question to you guys is this, and I did this for a lot of summers. Uh, Do the traditional metrics for teacher prep or qualifications still hold water in today's ed world?
1: So I'll start us off here. So I guess first first of all, like I'm not even sure what the traditional teacher metrics of success are. You know what I mean? Like so over the last couple of years I've definitely put much more time and effort into, you know, who are we hiring? What questions are we asking? How are we determining, you know, whether this person is gonna be effective once they get in the classroom? Because, you know, without a doubt, an interview skill is significantly different than a classroom skill and you can have a great interview who's a terrible teacher and a terrible interview who is you know dynamite in the classroom um, and then to the second part of the question you know I really like to start there is like all right so one of the things that I know people look at in other fields is like the college that is attended for teachers a lot of principals look at that Now in that you know that's really my question but I mean okay but what do you what do you see or what do you want to see because I can say with like pretty 100% certainty I've never interviewed somebody who's been to an Ivy League school. I've never um you know interviewed anybody that's been to like a Stanford or anything like that. The sort of like traditional heavies. Um a lot of the name brand recognition for schools, you know, you just don't see it in the education world. So, you know, does that even matter where a kid went to well, sorry, where a teacher went to college? I mean, is that important at all?
0: Well, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of research out there. For example, McKinsey in the in the early or mid 2000s, I think it was 2008, um, did an extensive international study on um, how top performing systems stay top performing across the world. Systems like Finland, um, state systems like Finland, South Korea, and I think one of the things that they, the McKinsey found across the board was that. Uh, attracting higher achievers into the profession. Um, let's put the kind of the, 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 the brand of school or the name of school out of it but but young people that do well in school um, that as are
1: measured by GPA or what
0: yeah as measured by GPA as measured by in those countries being able to get into highly competitive teacher programs. Um, so these are kids maybe that would have gone into engineering, would have gone into the sciences, would have gone into some other field. Uh, but because it's competitive, it incentivizes teaching.
1: It makes it attractive.
2: But most most teacher candidacy schools are not competitive. You can get but into was, It's not really that hard to get into. And, I was going to say name,
1: and, name like a – I mean I've heard of like Columbia Teachers College. But like off the top of my head, that's really honestly the only like name brand teacher – prep program that i've even heard of right you know are there are there even others out there that are kind of have that similar cachet so then
0: maybe i'm not answering your question but what i'm saying is is that maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem in the I, united I, states I,
1: I, no i
2: just i disagree that there's not people don't want to be teachers there's not a desire or a large amount of people that want to be teachers but for a number of reasons and, and the, i pulled some data today there's In the past five years, uh, 35%, there's been a 35% decrease in enrollment in teacher colleges across the country. Okay, so when
0: you look at magnet programs or test in programs in high schools, do you ever see one for teaching? Nope. Okay. So we don't incentivize teaching. We don't encourage kids, the best and the brightest kids that have done well, to elect to choose it as a profession. Um. So, to get to your point, Krebs about schools and where they go to school, um, I think that uh, I think that that the 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 more challenging school that someone goes to, doesn't it stand to reason that they've done better academically?
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would think so. Right. But I'm just saying. So, but my purpose. So, you, you know, that's a nice like sort of macro argument on a big level of like, you know, how can we as a country like. Um, improve the stock of, of teacher quality. When I'm talking about people that actually come through your doors, Right. you know what I mean? Because um, it's also twofold. It's, yeah, you know, you certainly build a network and you pull and try and entice people to come to your school because, you know, whatever, you can offer them a nice position or, you know, they like you and your style and they want to work for you. Um, but how, just in general, like it feels a lot um, reactive, I guess, and you're just kind of dependent upon who walks through your doors. And in general, you know, you just don't see the, the best, whatever that means, schools coming through the doors. It tip, from what I've seen, it typically tends to be like local, regional universities. Yep. Not, And again, that doesn't mean like, okay, this person, just because you went to, you know, University of Maryland, and it's not a bad school or anything, but like, okay, it's not a top 10 school in the world that you're going to be a terrible teacher. But, um, you know, it does make me wonder like, okay... You know, is this something that I should even care about? Because my, practically speaking, I, I don't even look at like an undergraduate college or where they went. I, our, I, our,
0: I I I hired a lot of teachers, and I always did. Yeah. I looked at their schools we, because I knew. Give it, that, give it like
1: a percentage, like what you know. Well, I five like percent. I mean, that's that's one of the things
0: in. that we have to be careful about with teachers is that, um, you know, lots of times teachers will say, uh, just because you're smart. It doesn't mean you know how to teach yeah um so how does that devalue uh having achieved or done well i think it devalues it a lot um i think it's important that we have bright intelligent people in our classroom so yes i mean i looked at schools
2: when i was hiring but teachers. having a high gpa doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a successful teacher
0: you're, didn't he just say what i just said <laughs> well, he just what, said what yes, i just said it was yeah you know, that was totally oh, what yeah. i just said that's, a little roundabout but yes yeah. well i, that's I mean that's the, that's the teacher defense you yeah. know it's just oh there's if you're if you're somehow if you're really bright you won't understand kids or you won't be able to teach well or um i think that i think that bright people are able to teach well if they get the right
2: kind of training yeah I think that I think the best kind of teacher is, is an incredibly intelligent teacher. They they're reflective. They're they're thoughtful of their practice. They're thinking about how kids think on a daily basis. It's it's a pretty complex job. Right. And I would on a on a similar note, one of the things that we look at in our in our in my position as a consulting teacher, we look at where teachers went to college. So the, I don't know if how much data they have on it from a county perspective, but they're looking at it. Yes. Yeah, so so you do f- look at it. and and the, not systematic not systematically. So one of the, someone mentioned today one of my colleagues that a certain local school she noticed that every single one of her clients that went to that school had an issue with planning. Hmm. Interesting. Like very yeah. specific. Yeah. Um I don't have the numbers on my own my own people but you can you can definitely I'm sure there's some data that you can pull from from the data that you have as a CT as a consulting teacher and say okay well this this particular school is not preparing teachers. Well enough.
1: Yeah, and and look, you know, I I did pull some data because I looked this question up on on the Google machine, the Googs, and there was a study by the National Bureau of Economic Research that did say background characteristics, so things like undergraduate GPA, um, as well as like other screening measures, and you know, a mock lesson or something of that ilk, um, does strongly predict teacher effectiveness. But again, um, I don't all know. right, all how right. do you get those people walking through the door? So let I me, guess.
0: let me let me. Let me one up your yes, Mister uh, Research Cider. Oh yeah. Uh, so McKinsey said I think in their art, in their huge study they said the new commission on the skills of the American of the American workforce, and this is this is a little bit shocking that we're now recruiting our teachers from the bottom third of high school students going to college.
2: Yikes! Yikes! I would say that I was a a mediocre high school student at best. Well,
1: like, give us, give us a GPA. Just I, put it, just put it out okay. there. I, I, I did not I have. a GPA. Get into I don't even GPA. know what the GPA. Was. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna all over that? Not everybody the, was, a, not everybody was then, an IB student. Well, like I'm just saying, Krams. if you're like, oh, they're in the bottom third, then I'm sitting with two people who are in the bottom third. It's no, like that no, it was, <laughs> was not. Is as that what you're them. telling me? <laughs> I don't think I was in the bottom
2: third. <laughs> why did you have to? Why did you have to bring up GPAs? Can't we just keep
1: ourselves? I didn't even know. I don't even know what my GPA was. I don't know either. I would have made something up though, and been very you know, confident about it. I, well, <laughs> to, to finish your point,
2: well, I just, I looking at GPA using that as a, as a way or looking at a student's performance, academic performance in high school. I went into teaching. I feel like because my, I had a fairly mediocre, if not negative experience in school where I was like, I don't think that this is a, I think I could do better. I think I could do a better job. I think I make it more exciting, make it, Better for kids, especially at the middle level, where I had the least desirable perform um, experience. So that was my driving force. Whereas I think there's a lot of people that go into teaching because they it just happens that way. Yeah. Okay. It's not a it's not like the calling. I I can say that a lot of folks that I work with, they say that they went into teaching because they knew at like first grade they're like. Yep, I'm definitely gonna be a teacher. Uh, not know, a lot you, of the elementary you my teachers. Stories though. I've
1: heard of. Oh, growing up, we always played teacher. Was play teacher. They the teacher. Tea. I never played teacher. Did I didn't you, want to go to school. I did not play teacher. No. Did, did you do that, Krebs? No. You didn't play teacher. And I played T instead.
0: <laughs> you played soccer. <laughs> that as well, yes. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get us let's get us back on track. So, uh, Krebs, you asked about um, what yeah. we need to look for. So we've 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 talked about this this kind of. Um, the, the, the metrics related to where kids go to school, what their GPAs are, um, I, that's obviously important.
1: You know, and I think the other th- item that I've seen that people that do research have said is important is like uh, looking at mock lessons, so going in and actually observing the teachers. And in reading it, you know, I thought, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds so great. But in practice, I've literally seen zero, you know, I've never gone to somebody's school uh, and I know Casey has done that on several occasions, and I think it's been twofold. Like, one, you know, part of it is if you think you have a really great candidate, y- you can't let them leave. Yep. You know what I mean? You need to hire them because if you see them as a great candidate, yep. there's going to, you know, they got two, three, five other interviews, and if you let them walk out the door, um, you know, they could they could leave and yep. go somewhere else. And the other practical piece of it, too, is, you know, like now here we are in the middle of the summer, you know, there's nothing to see. Um, you can have somebody come in and do a mock lesson, I suppose. I did um, one of those once. Well, okay. Well, then I guess talk about you know it, how how realistic is it to go and see somebody teach either at their school or have them like present a mock lesson to you.
2: I I, f- I found it so not only just uncomfortable. I was a I was a didn't even have a job at that point, and I had put out a a ton of packets up in Pennsylvania. Didn't get any callbacks. Got an interview because of a connection and they wanted me to do a model lesson I found it just really not a comfortable experience for me or the students because the students didn't know me I was asked to oh, do so a lesson so you did the I did the lesson, lesson yeah okay. with a class of kids that I had no connection with mm-hmm. I didn't even live in the district um, they wanted me to teach Abraham Lincoln's assassination without talking about the events <laughs> of the assassination I was like 21 I didn't know you, anything you, about you it. couldn't wrap your mind oh, I, was I was like <laughs> what Teaching history without teaching the events—how do you do that? It was so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah so I—I I don't think you can expect. Oh, maybe you can. I don't know. You also had
0: a little bit of performance anxiety.
2: I major performance <laughs> yeah. anxiety. My well, dad drove me well to the documented. interview. It was very. <laughs> he made it. He upped the anxiety. It would be like <laughs> ra- driving with you. To an
1: interview, excuse you would me. have upped the anxiety yeah. major. Yeah,
2: well, but that's you,
0: that's good. I like to do that because yeah, then I, I can see how people perform. Under but you've
1: also you've also s- done that to other people, right? I mean, wow. not had them come teach a model lesson, but you've gone to their schools to watch them teach in their classrooms. I've actually, I have actually no. I, I
0: had
2: a huh? principal come and see me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somebody did that to yep. you. All right.
0: Well, the fact remains yes. that I hired both of you,
2: and then Robbie stole sight unseen, and sight that's un- right?
0: Without, without having seen
2: either one of you yeah. teach. Now, because will- she called you and told you, excuse me, who she. she?
0: Anyway, um, so th- th- that takes me to um, that takes me to this idea, though, of we- we've talked a lot about what teachers should have to have. OK, so. But how do principals do it? I mean, a lot of this depends on the person that's making that decision and what they're looking for, the kinds of questions that they ask, uh, the way that they get to know a candidate. Because um, not all principals are created equal, just like teachers. So um, I, I think that's a big issue. I mean, when I, when, when I went through the interview process with you two, uh, there were both multiple points of contact where I talked to both of you and we had long conversations about teaching. Um, Crable lied to me multiple times <laughs> about his qualifications.
1: <laughs> but, you know. I, was I, was do, little, I can I was, do tech. I was I aloof. Do, yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going yeah. m- to prove it. Makes he, you more desirable. Well, That's right. I only had to call him like three times when <laughs> he was... He was interviewing for other positions. He got to go by. <laughs> yeah.
2: Meanwhile, it, Robbie asked me, and I was like, yes, yeah. "Yes, I actually
0: chased you up a set <laughs> That's of. That's right. That's all I needed. Yeah. I just needed to be wanted. But that showed the dedication of me as a principal, trying to improve my staff. That was I good. was willing to chase you. But, yeah, it's, nice.
1: but anyway, it's it's nice to use us as like, you know, because we're all sitting here, you know. But the you, I mean, I think you bring up a very salient point. Is you know, as any administrator or school leader, you're, I mean, you interview scores and scores of people right um and you know there's some people that you just gotta like take a flyer on absolutely yeah you know and that's tough and you know in my aforementioned study that i talked about you know it also said that those factors um in terms of determining teacher success actually don't have um A lot of relation to the actual hiring process so in terms of all right let's look at these factors GPA undergraduate performance mock lesson that doesn't necessarily equate to like who principals are hiring Um, and in fact they rely much more on references yeah Um,
0: and references are important
1: yeah, they're really important, yeah. and I'm except when they're dishonest and you get lied to. Them. But yeah, that's but, another but, uh, topic. yeah. But aside from that, you know, they're 100 percent true. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think one of the things that like this past year that we did um, was try and like really look at the interview questions. And I know there's ample books and, and you know across any number of like disciplines in the business world, etc. You and
0: I did that together when we yeah. worked together. Yeah. Remember yeah. we w- we went to the open-ended interview oh, questions. that yeah. We only did three, what? and they were like. The broadest questions Uh, ever. Like, what?
1: And like, every time, at least this is how I've been, like, every time I've come up with a new, like, interview question, like, this is the one. (laughs) This is the one. This is the one that's going to tell me everything I need to know. I remember, I remember, uh,
0: (laughs) I remember our math interview question was, show us how you would teach kids how to to divide fractions. Oh, yeah. uh, Do you remember that one? Yeah.
1: And then there's a little, like, mock lesson ish. Yeah. yeah. It was mock lesson ish. And it was a tough question.
0: Um, But no, so I think, um, you Know, I, I do. Uh, I did know a principal once upon a time that took great pride in the names of the schools that, um, across her classrooms that her teachers went to mm-hmm. as colleges, yeah. Mm-hmm. She believes strongly, um, and I think McKinsey says that, um, the top performing school systems consistently attract more able people into the teaching profession, leading to better student outcomes, yeah. Um, so. Uh, I know that's a much a much bigger issue but um, I think principals and their staffs you know because it should be a collaborative effort when you're hiring um, you have to really be able to look for people that are are bright and capable so
2: uh, so kind of related do, do you if, if we know the pipeline isn't there, if we know the teaching force isn't coming out of the colleges. Good, good point. So w- at what point do you start focusing on just fo- straight up retention of the, t- the teachers that you have? And developing. And, you know, you know, so we, I feel like we focused on, yeah, we is. just, we tried to focus on, okay, we'll, we'll just get new, we'll just get new teachers. Right. We'll just get new teachers. Yeah. We'll mold them yeah. in the way that we want right. because they're new and, and we can do that. And then they would leave. Yes, they would. So,
0: a Siren Song of High School. Yes, they yes. would leave.
1: Yeah. But it, but it's bigger, and I, you know it's bigger than that too. And you know I don't have this written down, but if, you know if I could, it'd be like first year teachers are clueless. You know what <laughs> I mean? And it's and it's, it's not against that. It's not right. A, I'm not like yeah. oh you first year teacher, but it's you know it's fact. yeah you just haven't <laughs> done it before. So right. I think you know I think part of that is whatever first job you take coming out of college or prep school or whatever, you know it's got a shelf life because. You've probably had, like, you know, at least a year or two that were, like, decently rough because you didn't know what you were doing. Right. And January came around and you were like, oh, if I only I had done, you know, X, Y, and Z at the beginning of the year. Right. In the second year, you do X, Y, and Z. But then, you know, three other variables pop up that you're like, oh, now, you know, next year I'm going to do that. And so, you know, the longer you do it, certainly the more refined your practice gets. But, you know, that's another, you know, going back to your point, Casey, that's another question I have is just about how much. You know, development really are could or and should schools be responsible for? Um, you know, are they? Is it just completely incumbent upon them to teach like basic teaching skills and pedagogical skills? Um, you know, in the absence of like sometimes people coming out of college like unprepared. You know, with those said skills,
2: I, you don't. I don't. You, you no student that I've ever seen has come out of a college. Teacher prep program and be like, well, I'm I have the practical skills. They haven't they haven't applied them in a real world environment, and and they may have done it in the student teaching where they have they took over for a seasoned teacher where they had someone who was kind of taking them under their wing, hopefully in a positive way, um, and and they came into another teacher's system that yeah. the kids are close to that system and that right. teacher, not the student teacher, and then they get released. What other what other profession puts you into a full time position? where you're taking on every single responsibility that a, a, a person who's been there for 25, 30 years does the same thing.
1: Yeah, that's a good
0: point. Well, I mean, I in, I do believe that, um, that once teachers come into the building, once you've hired them when they're brand new, that they can be developed um, – that you know some of them get it faster there's that old totally inexact marker of the third third or fourth year when you re, when you see first year when you see new teachers really take off right yeah. For, I, fourth years yeah fourth and fifth year yeah, oh, they're man. golden right awesome. i mean i think the gates foundation one time came up with some some findings that um which was a little discouraging that most teachers don't get much better or more effective after their fourth year of teaching um, that they pretty much get to the to the point that they're going to get to, and that in, in, at, at that point in their careers, and then they're you know they either stay there, right? Um, so I know I know Crabs. I know you have such great feelings about professional development. No. Um that was totally sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Can our well, audience pick up on my sarcasm? Yeah,
1: it might be a little. You know, I think he's questioning the effectiveness.
2: I go into a lot of schools where it's like their school improvement focus is just all over the place. And like how do you as a new teacher really get your hands and your mind around, Just you're just trying to stay above water and make sure that your kids are safe and making sure that they're learning in a, in a positive if, environment. If, if
0: every school, um, like the school that we worked at together, had a highly rigorous um, or strong partnership with a university where as a principal, I could get into those student teachers' classrooms and watch them teach. We know some teachers that I saw teach that i made the effort to go see them they asked me to right. come observe them mm-hmm. um i hired them they turned out to be excellent teachers that that to me is where we need to yeah. go the pipeline, but i know that doesn't get to your issue because that gets back to the pipeline issue how do we strengthen the pipeline or 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 at least fill it more um but uh, again i mean i think um i think the principals have to um i think that Principals have to use their people, uh, like when I, when you, when we work together, to help them make those decisions. Uh, because if you have teachers at the table when you're interviewing prospective teachers, that helps a tremendous amount. It, also, words, it also helped that
2: you hired a leadership team that was willing to facilitate your vision of the school right, in right. a way that was supporting those teachers. Right. But
0: when I was hiring teachers, honestly, you two knew more about teaching at that moment than I did because you were teaching. Um so in a way I mean I had the macro right. big picture vision. I got into classrooms all the time. Yeah. I saw teaching, but you guys were doing it. So it's incredibly important for teachers to be there when you're when you're selecting new teachers. Right. All right, are we ready to switch gear Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's, let's talk about Chicago. Chicago. All right. Um so uh I got highly annoyed with Casey this past week. <laughs> oh, I know you did. <laughs> because he was liking Someone's Twitter feed that was going on a rant about Rahm Emanuel's uh, new Romfish Fish mandate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ROM fish.
2: I, I un I unretweeted did only a couple
1: uh, of them. You did? <laughs> I did. Because after you so said you, it to so me, you bowed to my mind Well,
2: after you, t- after you did that and you texted me, you trolled me. I did. I told you text message. Yeah. I should have I told lo- I
0: have. I, I wanted to troll you on Twitter, but I didn't. I thought you were going to. But yeah,
2: I, so sh- I looked at the tweets and I was like, oh. I guess some of the stuff was a little misguided, but some of her main points, I think, are sound. She shall
0: remain remain nameless. You could probably find her. She contradicted herself. She overstepped (laughs) her bounds. When has that mattered?
2: Ever? That's true. Well, it's Twitter. Right. So tell
0: us about this plan, uh, Dodd.
2: All right. So first of
0: all, um, Rom has done a lot um, in Chicago, I think, to try to improve schools i think a lot of people in chicago would would um disagree with some of the things that he's done i mean his his record is just like any other leaders on education usually spotty and their approval rating on education is you know below 50 percent at any given time right you can't make any everybody happy when you're trying to improve ed um but to graduate from public high school in chicago you're going to have to meet a set of very unusual requirements uh, you must have secured a job or received a letter of acceptance to college a trade apprenticeship a gap year program or um, Have evidence that you are intending to join the United States military uh, Rom says he wants to make clear that the nation's third largest school system is not just responsible for shepherding teenagers to The end of their senior year and by the way, this is a this is a recent article in The Washington Post I'm reading from the post, but also for setting them on a path to a productive future. Um, So uh, there have been several critics that have come out um, that do not agree with this. Uh, In this article, several of the critics come from the teachers union and their main uh, complaint is how on earth are high school staffs who are under resourced and under supported going to ensure that High school kids uh, meet these targets in order to graduate. I think personally it's a new, innovative approach to raising the bar.
1: Um, What do you guys think? So I'm immediately cynical. I feel very cynical inside about it, (laughs) but I'm also, you know, but I'm also conflicted. So I think i'm kind of like what like that's not gonna do anything you know that's that's sort of my first reaction but then you know i hear them talk about it and i hear some of the um the reasons why and it's like okay yeah you know i i can get on board with the general idea of um you know have kids having a plan when they leave you know i don't but like the sort of critical argument of like you know big government you can't tell us what to do like you know that I don't really buy that my skepticism um, about it more comes from like, well, how much is it really going to matter? And getting to your point, like, all right, that that's a big idea. It's a very macro idea. There, there's a lot of like nuts and bolts below that to make that happen. Um, you know, so what is that going to look like? So, so but but cautiously just, optimistic while still skeptical, maybe? But, but, is coloring? Okay. It's, a, it's a continuum. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I actually, I looked up some, research on this there's uh, tell us, i did tell some I did. stats so no i don't have any numbers no. but uh state the state law in, in illinois already require already requires community college districts to admit students qualified to complete any of their school programs as long as space is available so okay. even if they don't like that that shouldn't be a barrier so they they still have community college open to them they have to accept a. They have to just accept.
1: So it just requires a kid to apply to a community college. Correct, but and they're, get in they're, no matter when. Yep, they're but obligated. I think, I to think take maybe it. I saw something about that that was like, yeah, that is, but it, it, you know, in terms of the like, I could do something for you, and like here's community college for you, but it's different if you have to actually. And I know it's a very small yep. thing, but if yep. you have to, you know, actually send in the. Two-page application, or you know, whatever it is. Well, what's let, what's your
2: main gripe with it? Would you say it's just um, like an? Unef- can,
0: I, can I can I tell you what Karen Lewis, the president of the Chicago Teachers Union, yes, what did um, she say? Quotes and and, and Rom's a longtime political opponent. I'm Ooh. sure. I'm sure they're oh, they don't get along. I'm sure they're great friends. Uh, if you've done the work to earn a diploma, then you should get a diploma because if you don't, you are forcing kids into more poverty.
2: That's pretty harsh.
0: It seems like a bit of a stretch to. Um, so she's saying that this is going to be it's going to prevent so co- kids. It's going to be you know. it's going to it's going to be coercive in a way that uh, the kids that don't don't aren't able to do it then are going to be they're 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 not going to have a bright future.
1: Right. Well, no, she. I think what she's saying is like these three kids who did everything to graduate except for this one requirement are not going to get a diploma. And I read something somewhere that was somebody hinted at. You know, I don't know if it's true or whatever that the the actual enforcement of withholding diplomas, th- they kind of were like, well, that, you know, that might never actually happen. Right. But we're still gonna push forward, kind of like kind of like right. me
0: with making kids pay their obligations when they hadn't returned their <laughs> textbooks, something like which that. Which yeah. <laughs> so really. yeah, I never did once. Really, I never
2: did. So, and, and uh, the
0: assistant principal would come to me every year and say, "What are we gonna do? Are we gonna withhold report cards right. if they haven't paid their obligations?" And I would say, "No."
2: Well, the, <laughs> what does that do? The grades still don't really matter. Well they still move on. I don't want to get off topic, but so that's but, the what, same kind of thing. But yeah. what? Do, so, if they withhold the diploma, I mean, what's it's just going to dig them into a further hole? Or yeah. So, so this
0: is my idea. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I don't know if anybody has elucidated this yet, but my guess is is that if you don't, by the time you walk on the stage, nail one of these requirements as a senior my guess is is that the school support doesn't stop at that point. I would think in implementation, your the schools are gonna have or the system's gonna have some strategy if you miss the requirement that they're gonna continue to support you to try to get the requirement so you do graduate. Yeah. I mean they're they're not just gonna say, Okay, sorry, we'll never see you right, again. Right. You're done. You you don't have the opportunity to graduate.
2: So it also starts with this year's ninth grade students coming in. Right. So, so they, they have, have time. They yeah. have time. I remember I, I had um, uh, early on in my high school, we had to start doing, when I started high school, we had to do graduation projects. Right. And we were put into mentor groups with a teacher in the school that I didn't have. And throughout the four years, we were supposed to be working on it and doing all the stuff. I didn't start till junior year. Uh, but I, it wasn't I, really I,
0: worthwhile. I think you started that probably in mm. April of your senior year. No.
2: Yeah. Um, no, like August of my senior year. Okay. Yeah. Right. But so, like what? Well, how useful, is? how worthwhile is it? And,
1: and that was kind of – That's Robbie different. And I it's were different talking what I'm saying. No, but it's – I mean, Robbie and I seen. were, you know, talking or texting about something. And, you know, our district has a community service requirement. Right. And, you know, I was like, well, I just don't know because I'm not there at the end of the road in high school in terms of like, well, what have these kids done? Yeah. You know, and I do see kids doing projects, little projects here and there to get an hour or two hours – you know, and that's certainly a small step along the way, but, you know, has this created a generation, because it's been now, what, 10, 15 years, 20 years that this has been in place, a generation of, like, civil, civic service-minded students? I don't
0: know. Uh, millennials were the first to benefit from this, right? Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't we
1: agree that millennials have a
0: more, um, a more uh, worldly idea of, 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 where they exist and how they want to improve the circumstances in which they they live.
2: Technical standpoint, they're not millennials that are in high school right now. Are you talking yeah, about but, those? So uh, you know. but, but
0: student service learning hours, well, as we know it, has been around. Oh, I mean, I see what you're saying. It's been around since right. you were in school. You didn't go to school in this district,
1: but it it, it, it impacted people of your generation.
2: It, it yeah, I could see that.
1: But isn't that just called being young? You know, like I'm not sure that that is yeah, a hallmark that's... of millennials per se. Like the 20, you know, crowded something crowd, I think is in general and you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but in general like has is a little bit more idealistic and you know, you look at the 60s and the summer of love and all that, it's like that's all world-changey stuff.
0: Not my cynical Gen X group.
1: Well, you were like yeah, locked we were. in your parents' basement. Like, yeah. So <laughs>
0: All right, let me let me just read you two things, okay? Yeah. So, we talked earlier about the proliferation of special programs in high schools, right? Yes. They're everywhere, and 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 it's not just where we live and work; it's all across the country. Um, the Center for American Progress says hey. by tw- by 2020, 65 percent of all jobs will require bachelor's or associate's degree or some other education beyond high school, particularly in the fastest growing occupations: science, tech, engineering, mathematics, healthcare, and community service. So. If 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 for example Chicago, who I know has sunk resources into developing signature programs in high schools that have a specific uh, professional focus or or content focus like biomedical or engineering, not teaching. Okay, not teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, not teaching. <laughs> um, then why not? If you're going that far through high school and making high school that linked to to to. To second uh, to to college and then the professional world, why not set this expectation? Um, if you're going to be graduating kids that have been already specialized in something, then then require them to to hit this target.
2: I I agree, but I think who are they hoping to push for this? Are I mean, they are because you're going to have the kids that are going to do it anyway. Right. Regardless, I
1: think it's the kids that are. Are you looking
2: for the the Malays, the middle? Like, like, what are you? Yeah, who is not? I think
0: you're. I think you're hitting everybody, right? Yeah, but, I mean, but
1: it's, our, it's, it's multiple measures, right? Yeah, but it's, like he said, I mean, there's kids who are, like are going to do it anyway, like whatever. There cares? are kids that are
2: going to do service learning hours, right. with their parents, right? Regardless. Yeah, so maybe the
1: kids. I don't know. I think maybe to to focus a conversation, and you know, I mean, we're sitting here talking about it, so. You know, there's got to be, you know, three years from now is these kids that are entering high school. Um, they're going to be dealing, asking these questions and stuff. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that in and of itself is, is the purpose. Right. But I guess t- to your point, Robbie, about um, specialized programs, I mean, what, what freaking 18-year-old, yeah, they might be do a biomedical specialty high school, but like, you know, what 18-year-old knows what they're going to do? when they're 16 and they do a three-year program in high school and they actually end up doing that when they enter the job force like four years later, you know what I mean? I don't, I just don't know that high school is like the specialized workforce time where you get this really explicit set of skills, um, you know, that you then use four years later. I don't even know if college is that, you know, I think a lot of what you learn is on the job and you get these base skills of problem solving and how to learn, you know, and interact. And that's the value, you know, more so than, any specific content knowledge, okay. I, I'm, but, but I'm also in education, with, but, and but not I, like science. So but, yeah, right. Yeah, but that that, geni-
0: that well, that's a whole nother topic. That genie is yeah. kind of out of the bottle as far as I mean. Let's be honest. School systems have sunk a tremendous amount of resources into these high school signature programs that are all across the country. I mean, I know STEM is an over overwrought kind of idea in education, but. Um, we have kids in the system in which we work that are expressly choosing their high school because they think it's going to have a direct impact on what they ultimately want to do in their lives. Um, I, I mean, my son has friends that are that their whole choice in ninth grade is about what they want to be. Um, and, and yeah, I agree with you. Maybe that's too early. Maybe we should be teaching a whole set of different values to kids. But that's kind of where we are for a lot of kids, especially high achieving kids. Um I mean, you went to an IB high school. Where yeah, but
1: I still don't know what I, I mean. I, I, you know, I came out without an education degree. I came out and you know, I w- I moved to Colorado and chopped trees down. Yeah, you, you know, what I'm so probably awesome. It was amazing. But like, back to your but point, also but like, horrible. But oh, yes. yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> he still thought he was going to be a Bolivian rock star. Uh, maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think. It's not too late. Back to your point, though.
2: Like, how do you know what are you supposed to? What do you know? You're going to do with the rest of your life when you're 20? Yeah. Twenty one.
1: I didn't know what I was doing. No, oh, no way. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. I
0: think there are. Really? I think. I think the kids are okay. I, I, those, we those, don't the kids that
1: you are talking about are the exception. Okay. I would say not the rule. And I have no data. To but what about our? <laughs> wh-
0: okay. But what about our kids? Um, who don't have any idea what they're going to do, right? And whose parents potentially have not, for whatever reason, been able to to really help them think about what they're going to be able to do. To me. This is a requirement that says we're expecting you as an 18-year-old to think about what you're going to do.
2: Yeah, because um, you're not going to be under our roof anymore. Correct. That's yeah, I, I see. We're, what you're saying. we're releasing
0: yeah. you to the wild, yeah. and you need to have a plan. Right. I, I don't. Uh, let me just let, let, let's just let's just leave it on this because I I, I always want to end every segment on Ed's not dead <laughs> with some controversy, Mr. Siddons. I want to know what you think of this. Okay. okay? Uh, Our friend Karen Lewis, the president of the Chicago Teachers Union and Emanuel's longtime political opponent, this is the article in the Post again, quote, it sounds good on paper, but the problem is that when you've cut the number of counselors in schools, when you've cut the kinds of services the kids need, who is going to do this work? Oh, there's so much work.
1: So much work. We can never do it. (laughs) I, I agree with that. I don't know. I
2: mean, like, if you, how many counselors are there in a school? I don't
0: have enough time. I can't do it. It's too much work. It. It's
1: true. There's not I'm enough busy time that day. Yeah. When you're
2: teaching, when, if you're if you're a teacher and you're now you have your 150 students plus, you have to work on making sure that certain kids meet their graduation requirements. No, I'm ca- not one. These
1: are counselors.
2: I know, but how many counselors are per school? If there's let's Six. say there's ten. Okay. Well, if there's okay, ten. Okay. Yeah. In a, in a school of two thousand.
1: Yeah. They do have enormous schools in Chicago.
2: They do. Yes. So how many kids per school?
1: Uh, yeah two three but yeah let's say 10 that's probably so
2: 10 decently reasonable Two thousand kids how many counselors is that per or per how many students is that per okay why are we why are
0: we
1: doing that (laughs) because it's like 300 yes okay
2: so you have that's a lot of kids that you have to make sure that you are but
1: that's all but so this is all that's already their job i mean already their job is to help kids find colleges already their job is to help shepherd kids through the application process the job is already thank you yeah to f- figure out how to fill out fafsa i mean that's you know i don't know that you know Anybody, you know, we've had these conversations and the sort of like whiny teacher stuff, you know, it just, I hear it all the time. And I that can't do That is whiny teacher stuff, it's what inc- Karen Lewis right. has it's to say. It's incredibly whiny. And it's, you know, if you're the head of the union, that's what you, that's what you should yeah. say. Yeah, that's because, your job to say that. Right,
0: because we need more resources. Right. So that, you, that's, that, that that's equates into more positions. Yeah, right? I agree.
2: I think we should have more positions.
0: I, I'm not arguing that but to say that we can't do So the on work, top
2: on top of the things that the counselors are supposed to be doing which is making kids feel safe and counseling them into certain classes and right. and and doing all the other things that counselors are supposed to do now they're adding another thing to their plate. I'm not saying that that I'm not saying that one thing is more work than the other but what I am saying is that general school-based positions teacher-based positions we are asked to do more than what we should be asked to do. So our
1: counselors current, in your opinion, if you had to guess, our counselors currently having conversations with high school seniors about what they are going to be doing in ensuing years. They should. Okay. Well then yeah. that's the, that's all this is. Right. And I'm going oh, total three, <laughs> six. You know what I was saying before? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying they're already doing that. You know what right. I mean? It, this Maybe this just gives it a little bit of like a frame for the conversation. And and, and,
2: and on your point, maybe it, it, it removes that gap where maybe I'm not saying the counselors do this, but maybe there are counselors who would just say, well, I'm not going to focus on those, this particular group of kids because they're not going to, they're not going anywhere. Right.
1: So maybe that right. could help. Or oh, I didn't get to these, you know, 75 kids. Ugh, I'll matter. do better. Yeah, I'll do better next year. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Okay. Well, I just, I mean, I just know Casey. That when you were a teacher leader in a school, as a department head, a team leader, um, when you had to ask teachers to do one extra thing, Uh um, and and you heard that kind of response, which was on a micro level compared to Karen Lewis's macro statement about Chicago. Freak out. (laughs) It drove you crazy.
2: It did. I, I would say you know? that. I would say more so the sixth grade teachers, not my social studies people.
0: Okay.
3: All
2: right.
0: Well, let's not get into specific groups, but <laughs> but the the point is is that you would come to me and say they can do this. This is good for kids. I agree. Why I agree. why can't they just take it upon themselves to make sure that they can fit it into the work that they already do and make it happen?
2: Yeah. that's I, I have enough things to say for another episode. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I think um, I'm going to be curious to see how Rom shepherds this through and makes it happen. Again, I think the... Is the, he going to Rom it
2: through? He's going <laughs> to...
0: He's going to Rom it through. And if I were Karen Lewis, I would be waiting for
2: a dead fish in the mail. And, and um, that would be the next Washington Post article. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. All right.
2: Staley DeVos.
0: Belle Biv DeVos. Dear
2: (laughs) Betsy. Dear
0: Betsy. Okay. Dear Betsy. I've heard of her.
2: Uh, So you've all heard about the student loan protections controversy that's coming through? Yes. I also actually wanted to talk talk about the Supreme Court Religious School use of taxpayer funds, but that may be for another day.
0: Okay. So let's, Casey, let's hear about what... um, how Betsy is lessening protections for uh, college students who are consumers and who need loans to pay. Basically for... Basically,
1: defrauded college students yeah. who signed up for crappy for-profit right. colleges, right. specifically Corinthian Colleges, that yeah. then folded. Yeah. Yep, that, that like Trump you, somewhat similar okay. to that. Yes. <laughs> I just thought I'd get that. <laughs> uh,
2: I guess from what I understand is that they're these are for-profit colleges and the, the students. Signed up and they were taking classes and then they were they were ultimately held accountable to pay for those expenses even though the colleges themselves foreclosed.
1: Yes, that would be my understanding as well.
2: Um, So the the education department has halted new rules aimed at abuses. Of those for-profit colleges, I believe that the Obama administration had started to put in place. Is yes. that correct? Yeah, that
3: is correct.
1: Apparently, okay. a two-year process. Yes, it yeah. was. A, it was an arduous Soliciting, process yes, to get those regulations
2: in
0: place, and now she's basically put a hold on those regulations.
2: Yes. All right, that's exciting. Why not mess over some some <laughs> good uh, good college students? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're twenty. So, so know. my
0: my question is this though, and and maybe it's maybe it's painfully obvious. Why would why would Betsy um, and the current administration want to penalize borrowers who were who were um, who were the victims of fraud.
1: Yeah, it's it's the whole thing is per- why what does she get it? Right.
0: What is what is the Fed? What do the Feds get out of hurting hurting um, kids that in good faith uh, took out loans to pay for uh, a for profit college and they were. They were defrauded of their money.
2: She's quoted as saying, "It's the the rules are overly burdensome and confusing for colleges to deal with."
1: Okay, and that's. But to your point, I mean, that's that's my question. I'm just like, why would you rescind something that is protecting people that have clearly been defrauded, you know, by fraudulent, you know, fake schools? Um, so it's, one one
2: thing I read also is that they promised a certain they promised to get you jobs. They promised a certain level of salary. I don't know if that's a really appropriate thing to do for a college, but that's one of the points that they're trying to make is that they made these promises, and now they're not fulfilling their side of the bargain, I So guess.
1: what? All right, so here, what DeVos says is the delay was necessary is the department fought a federal lawsuit by a group of for-profit colleges in California seeking to block the rules. So I think her, what she's saying... You know whatever is that, since they're having a lawsuit, they cannot enact the actual rules that they've decided upon. It's a little bit sounds to me like Trump saying he can't release his taxes because they're under audit. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's a reason, but it's like there's no like real logic actually to what you're saying. Yeah,
0: she's she's there's there is no logic, and she says that 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 the the department of education wants to wants to put in place quote clear fair and balanced rules
1: and i understand you know look different political parties different people different education secretaries right. different ideas and that you know in general republicans lo- are looking to do away with regulations in general Is right it, uh, you know, and I understand that, but i'm I just it's it is perplexing to me, just, just like, well, okay, well, then what is what's the ulterior motive? Is it purely just regular regulations? Like we just can't have regulations guys, at all at all, right. You know what I mean? Like even when we see a wrongdoing, like we just can't really do anything about well, it. Is I've, that really the I
0: think part of it is 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 this administration's um, stated goal of tort reform. in other words, this is going to disallow litigious behavior, um, so that, I, m- I mean, the first, um, the, the, f- the first set of changes that were supposed to take effect this month would have, for instance, uh, limited the abilities of schools to require students to sign mandatory arbitration agreements and class action waivers that are commonly used by for-profit colleges to thwart legal action by students. So, in other words... It's just so
1: that they don't sue, just absolutely. in general. Oh, yeah. just no, Don't yeah. sue. Uh, don't sue. You may have gotten screwed, but we're just not going to be, be that kind of society. Correct. To, to me,
0: that's a big part of this, is that it, it's it's really going to limit uh, young people's ability to try to get their their money back.
2: Yeah.
0: Betsy, Betsy, uh, Betsy. Oh, your Betsy.
2: Right. I have nothing left to say. <laughs> you don't? No. All right. We'll
0: talk about Betsy and Playgrounds, maybe, on the next... Uh, <laughs> Next year, Betsy segment.
1: So I believe uh, as our next to last segment here, uh, Mr. Sid I over there has some quiz I questions do. I for do. us.
2: I do. I was going to give you a Today I Learned, but I think the quiz would be better. So I, I have a couple questions, and they're not multiple choice. You have to determine the answer from your own brain. You can't, you get use, you can't use the Google.
1: And do I get win anything? You get a, a major prize okay. right after this. Great. I, yep, I, I in have, the other room. I have. I All right, have. ready? You can't I, use
2: Google. How many times... <laughs> Is the word education used written in the Constitution of the United States? Thrice.
0: Uh that would be um ten.
1: Zero. Oh, not even once about zero. educating our society. That's zero.
0: Education is is a right under the Constitution. <laughs> I don't think That's right.
2: <laughs> I would be very embarrassed. Uh, like, uh, all right, kidding. which of the f- following? Which healthcare is <laughs> right in the constitution? <laughs> no, I don't, it's definitely no. in there. Yes, yeah, it's okay. totally yeah, in there. It's sure. in the appendix. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> w- what country pays the highest average salary for teachers? Oh, I got this. I'll give you. I'll give you options for this. One. No, no, no. Okay, no, no options? options. All right, go. Let me pull
1: up the McKinsey report. No, no, no don't no. do it. Don't do it. Come on. Okay. At thirty
2: five hundred dollars a month.
1: Thirty five hundred dollars a month. I'm gonna go with highest. Highest salary.
2: Highest average salary, thirty five hundred bucks a month
1: is Finland. RG, um,
0: I am going to go with uh,
2: South Korea, Saudi Arabia, wow, thirty five hundred
1: bucks a month. Really?
2: That's number. That's number okay. one. Right. 2015, 2016. How many states reported teacher shortages in special education, mathematics, and science? I already gave this, this answer to. you, Actually, I, yeah. Uh, let's see. It's a memory. Remember? Do you remember, test, do you yeah? remember Gen X? Uh,
0: Forty. Yeah. Oh. Correct
2: Forty. Very good.
1: I said forty-nine. The uh, first. Last I, one. Last I say, one.
0: Didn't I say thirty? When my guess thirty? I think so. It was. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: All right. uh, how many? Re, how many states reported high levels of shortages for teachers of English learners?
0: Oh, man. Um, not many since anybody can get ESOL certification.
2: As <laughs> sadly very accurate. Uh, 36. Very close. More than 30. It's, that's the quote is more than 30. More than 30. That's 30. all I got. So is, I didn't even get a crack at it. <laughs> no, you didn't. i He just say one answer and he's not done. even right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right.
0: All right, that's good. Uh, any other quiz questions,
1: Mr. Sids? That's all I got for today. I hope that
0: that becomes a daily or a weekly or I whatever we good. do this segment. Yeah, it's
1: good. I like, I like questions.
0: Okay, so uh, Mr. Krabs, Mr. Sids, it's been a great first episode of Ed's Not Dead.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um,
0: we uh, hope that the audience is going to join us next time. Uh, we are going to delve into more hot-button issues.
2: Once we get the review function working, we would love for you to review our podcast. Uh, what's positively. The,
0: what's the problem with the review
2: function? No, I don't I don't really know how it works. Okay. Yeah, well, all right. Five star. But
1: well, we're gonna be looking to do this every two weeks. Every two I weeks. I think is what we said. So good. Good. we'll be current. You can check us out on Twitter as we said before. Yeah,
0: at Ed's Not Dead PC. Um, Mr. Krabs, uh no we do have one more quiz question what is your Twitter handle
1: oh that's easy <laughs> it's my name okay. so all right. Peter Crable all, right. yes. all lowercase yes. and,
0: <laughs> at and at R.W. Dodd and at C.H. Siddons shoot us a tweet and we would love to interact with you until our next show for Mr. Crabs Mr. Siddons this is Robbie Dodd and we'll catch you in two weeks thanks